0: Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com.
1: Look, I don't blame anyone who's confused about what's going on in the job market these days. Depending on what you're reading or listening to and when, hiring is either doing gangbusters... There are more than 10 million job openings in the
2: US. We continue to see jobless claims not rise, but fall. The
1: overall job market, though, is in desperate. They are, in fact, investing $1
0: billion in wage increases.
1: Or we should all be bracing for impact. The axe
0: is swinging again across corporate America. This will be the second round of cuts in four Yahoo months. Yahoo announcing it will lay off about 20%. Of layoffs layoffs are coming. The cuts will come from We're the seeing corporate. we this, and a roll second roll. round of layoffs is possible. That's Yahoo. a frightening We're thing. to Right.
1: So companies are either laying off big chunks of their staff, or they can't hang on to workers and they're dealing with staff shortages? I'm Erin Delmore, and this is As We Work from The Wall Street Journal. And we're here to cut through the static. If you're confused, that's totally fair. This is really confusing. Take it from Sarah chaney Cambon from The Wall Street Journal's economics team. She's been on the beat for six years, and it's literally her job to parse out dense economic data to see how it
0: impacts our lives. And even she says, It's a really confusing picture right now. See? The overall job market is still surprisingly strong, and kind of the buzzword that we've been using in the econ world is resilient. So the labor market's been really resilient especially given that the Fed has been raising interest rates and there's been just a lot of fears of recession. And what we're seeing is that these like really big sectors in the economy that are oftentimes overshadowed by the smaller tech sector are still hiring. And so we have employers in healthcare, education, leisure and hospitality, and some other services that account for over a third of all private sector jobs, and they've been really bulking up with staff recently.
1: Meanwhile, the information sector, where we see a lot of the layoffs happening in technology companies and others, only accounts for 2% of the workforce.
0: When we think about kind of the, the conflicting signals that we're seeing, really it's a small percentage of that pie is weak, if you will, and then a really large percentage is is still strong. And so I think the question is, you know, how does that shift over the coming months? And And no one really knows the answer to that.
1: I can tell you, though, how people feel. Gallup measures whether Americans think that economic conditions in the country are getting better or worse. And these days, nearly three out of four American adults say the economy is getting worse.
0: Here's Sarah again. What we're seeing broadly is that people, regular people, have this perception that the economy is tanking, that it's really hard to find a job. But the reality is that job openings are still really historically high, the unemployment rate's really low, and that tension between what people think is happening and and what's actually happening broadly is, is very interesting right now. Complicating
1: things even more is that some business leaders have that same perception. The online software marketplace, Keptera, surveyed 300 HR leaders in the U.S. in November and found that 72% said their employer had already started preparing for a possible recession. Another 24% said that their employer planned to start preparing soon. And when the Wall Street Journal polled a group of business and academic economists at the start of the year, they put the probability of a recession in the next 12 months at 61% even though, as Fed Chair Jerome Powell said, economic data keeps coming in, quote,
0: stronger than expected. Sarah says that's setting up a dilemma. There is definitely a high degree of uncertainty right now. And I think what we're seeing is that companies broadly especially like small businesses are still holding on to their workers they're not laying them off yet at least because they think oh if i do lay them off it's going to be hard for me to rehire it was so hard to hire in the in the beginning So that's one dynamic. But I think companies are definitely taking some other cost-cutting measures. I've spoken with businesses that are like, interest rates are really high right now. They're rising. I'm not going to buy this piece of equipment, for instance. They're cutting costs. They're trying to save money. But layoffs is not like the primary means yet. But the job
1: market is showing signs of slowing just a little. The Labor Department says that there were fewer open jobs in January than the month before. And fewer people are quitting. And that could be a sign that all the power workers were claiming during the Great Resignation, well, it's starting to fade. That's playing out for younger workers in particular. Our reporter Lindsay Ellis, who covers Gen Z and millennial workers and the college-to-career transition, is watching these conflicting signals play out for college seniors. Many of them are embarking on careers for the first time, and they're getting mixed messages from the companies they're eyeing for those
2: post-graduation jobs. It's kind of a mixed bag, which, frankly, was a little bit surprising as I was reporting it. So some companies are saying, you know, we're pursuing this similarly to last year or the year before. We're extending the same amount of positions. Even if they've had layoffs, they are not reporting a drastic difference in early career hiring. Other companies, though, are taking different steps. You know, Wayfair, which in January announced it was going to lay off members of its workforce. They told me that they're reducing hiring for full-time jobs, internships, and co-op roles, which are temporary positions for recent grads and students. And at Amazon, new graduates, some of them, have been told that their start dates are going to be pushed back. So they might need to wait a few months longer before they can come on board, start working, and start making money. We can't predict
1: the future over here. I left my tarot cards at home. But make no mistake, this perception versus reality versus expectation thing is having a very real impact. So what does it all mean for you and your job? Sarah and Lindsay are sticking around to explain how companies and workers all over the country are dealing with these multiple storylines affecting the labor market and what you need to know to sail through the storm. That's next. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. If we were having this conversation in 2022, the three of us would be sitting around the table talking about how people are giving up their jobs, taking their time to look for a new one, maybe taking some time off while they look for a new one. There was this real era and feeling of worker power, but now it feels like those tables have turned a bit. So do workers feel like they've gone from holding all the cards last year to being more
0: cautious this year? Sarah, what do you see? We have definitely seen that workers are less confident now than they were a year or so ago when they had all the power. <laughs> um, we've spoken with workers who are less likely to get remote work and be able to negotiate that. We've seen that fewer people are getting bonuses now, and. Wage growth is slowing some so people aren't getting those, you know, 20, 30 percent pay raises that they might have gotten a year or so ago. And I think that really speaks to the fact that companies are more easily able to find workers now. And so workers are not benefiting quite as much and, and aren't able to negotiate as much.
1: And Lindsay, when you talk to workers, especially younger people who are in the workforce for the first time, Are they picking up on any of this? Are you sensing some hesitation, some anxiety, some feelings around this moment?
2: Oh, my goodness. Yes. So I have been talking to seniors, members of the class of 2023, so college seniors, not sort of, you know, seniors in life. And they are approaching this spring with a lot of anxiety. I mean, in some cases, many of these people haven't applied for a full-time position before. And so it's hard, I think, for some of them to square how much of applying to dozens of companies and not hearing back is normal and how much of that is a factor of what's happening in the broader economy that all of us are keeping an eye on. You know, I talked to one student who's studying economics, and in the fall, he really was, like any good economics student, looking at some of the broader trends, interest rates, you know, statements from the Federal Reserve— And was just applying to countless positions, and he still hasn't found a full-time position for after graduation.
1: And, Lindsay, what are people coming out of college saying is most important to them when they're evaluating a company to go to or a job to take?
2: Stability is the name of the game. There's a company called Handshake, and, you know, it's an app, and... Tons of college students use it, and it's a place that jobs will be posted for at the entry level. And they do a lot of surveying of recent graduates and um, college seniors about what they're looking for. In September, the company surveyed the class of 2023, and 84% said job stability would make them more likely to apply for a job. I know it's a huge number. 84, And last year, it was pretty high as well. I mean, even in this moment where workers had a lot of power, 73% also cited stability then. But the fact that it went up by more than 10 percentage points year over year, I thought was really striking. You know, I, I spoke with one student, for example, and he got a job offer after his internship last summer. And for college seniors, you know, in the fall, you have the option to re-recruit to basically say, "Okay, I have this offer, but I'm going to throw my resume around and see what else Ooh. I can get." Um, I know it was certainly not the position I was in when I was in college, no. but, <laughs> um, but um, uh, ditto. <laughs> yeah, and he had a good experience at his internship. He thought maybe he might be interested in doing something else, but he realized given where you know, some of the projections are economically, fears of a recession, you know, let me just take the offer I have in hand. So I think that's an example of a student who is making a different choice than maybe he otherwise would have given this economic picture.
1: Wow. Sarah, you've been reporting on people who have been unemployed, not for a couple of weeks, but for a couple of months, maybe a few months. What are they seeing as they try to work their way back into the job market right now?
0: Yes, I spoke with several workers kind of more in white collar industries like tech or HR. And after they lost their jobs, they were really struggling to find new jobs. And I think that speaks to how The economy is very complex. It's not all rosy. And there are sectors in particular that are pulling back a lot on hiring. We see that in some of the the job postings data we look at from sites like Indeed, the hiring site. Software development jobs are down a ton from a year ago. So if you lose your job, and we know a lot of people, especially in tech, are because we see the headlines, then it can be really hard to find a new one.
1: So looking ahead, what are the indicators that each of you is looking out for as we move through these next few weeks and these next few months?
2: So at a very basic level, colleges submit sort of employment outcomes or first destination outcomes, which they collect through survey data from students uh, in the stretch after graduation. And so um, I'm going to be kind of Taking a pulse from these institutions and hearing what they're hearing from their alums, recent grads, but that won't be until after graduation. Other things that I'm going to keep an eye out for, and I have no indication that more or less of this is going to be happening than a typical year, but in 2020, one storyline that just dominated was internship offers and full time offers for new graduates that were revoked after they were extended. And so one thing I'm going to have an eye out for is whether that happens again this year. Um, One college administrator I talked to when I was asking what his pulse was on hiring for his students one of the first things he said was, this is not 2020 and it's not like all of these companies are cutting programs or, you know, canceling offers. And um, so it raises the question for me as a reporter, if that does happen, what sectors would it be for and, and how might that play out?
0: Totally. Sarah, how about you? I think the main question that I'm interested in answering, hopefully, over the next, I would say, six months or so is just how long can the broad labor market strength last? And to do that, I'm asking companies when I talk to them, how close to fully staffed are you? Especially these restaurants and, and healthcare companies that we were uh, speaking with recently, and a lot of them still have jobs to fill. So it's just as they find it easier to hire, it's a question of at what point is it enough? And so I think it, it'll be interesting to see after these companies are staffed up what happens. So Sarah and Lindsay, how are workers handling all this? Been interesting. I've spoken to several workers over the past few months who will see a job posting on LinkedIn, for instance, they'll apply for it. They'll hear back from the recruiter or the hiring manager and they'll get through like a couple of interviews and then the hiring manager or someone in the company will be like, sorry, we can't move forward with this. Times are tough. We're freezing hiring. And so I think that that has come as a disappointment for a lot of job seekers. I don't know, Lindsay, if you've come across that much as well, but I thought that was interesting.
2: I haven't heard that, but that's really, really interesting.
1: If you're a job seeker, are you going to know that there's a hiring freeze at one of the companies that you're applying to? Is that the kind of thing that companies declare and make public? Or is it something that's done with a little bit of a softer touch, maybe informally, behind closed doors?
0: I think for a lot of small to medium-sized businesses, it's behind closed doors. You know, we're not seeing a press release from a 100 person, manufacturer or technology company even that is announcing layoffs. So I, I think that also kind of plays into the whole perception versus reality and the, and the confusion that's going around right now in the job market is that most of the headlines we're seeing are from these huge companies. So it's kind of hard to know exactly what's going on with smaller or, or mid-sized companies. Many people who I
2: talk to are coming in knowing that this is going to take a lot of time. Um, you know, I've heard it described, maybe unsurprisingly, as finding a job can be a full-time job or it can be like yeah. taking another class if you're in college. People I talk to aren't coming in sort of rosy-eyed and thinking, you know, this is late 2021, 2022 levels of job market hotness. I think they do get that. This may take longer than they expected. They might need to be having more interviews or more calls than they expect. That acceptance, I think, has been there for a lot of the workers and job seekers who who I speak with. If you're trying to
1: navigate all of this, remember what Sarah and Lindsay said. If you feel confused, you're in good company. If you're not hearing back about that job, it's not just you. If it's taking longer to get an interview, or your start date gets delayed, or it's looking like this year's raise won't top last year's, that's all normal, and plenty of workers around the country are in the same boat. I know it's tough, but you may just have to accept this new normal for now. As for us, we're taking a bit of time off to work on a whole bunch of exciting new episodes for you. And in the meantime, catch us live at the Wall Street Journal's Job Summit on March 28th. Head to wsj.com slash jobs summit, two s's, to register. Like the show? Tell your friends to subscribe and give us a five star review on your favorite platform. As we work as a production of The Wall Street Journal, Charlotte Gartenberg is our producer. Jonathan Sanders is our booking producer. Scott Salway is our supervising producer. Jessica Fenton and Michael Laval are our sound designers. Jessica Fenton composed our theme music. Editorial support was provided by Felana Patterson. I'm Erin Delmore. See you soon.
0: The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com/claude.